touch with your creator with a bacon love and chew. She even speaks Hebrew. What's that got to do with it? What's that got to do with it? There's no separation when we're talking transformation. What's that got to do with it? Welcome back to What's God Got to Do With It? And we are here to kick off this new series where we are breaking down this really complex topic of worthiness and really what I call the paradox of worthiness, as in how do you feel worthy when you don't feel worthy? And if you're anything like me and the whole feeling worthy thing just never fully landed for you, or maybe you just still have resistance to it, then you are going to love this series because we're going to just break it down. So if you missed last week's episode, definitely go back and listen to that because not only did we connect a lot of dots from previous episodes, but also we just paved the way for this entire series, including today's episode. So specifically, I introduced you to what I call the five blocks to God's love and how I discovered that for me, when it came to actually feeling worthy of really just, you know, being loved and not feeling like I had to earn it or like, you know, when I'm this or do that, then I'll be lovable. I mean, loved right now, worthy right now as I am, that was really hard for me to grasp at first. It's, it's kind of like something was blocking me. And like I said, I call it the paradox of worthiness because it's like, how do you feel worthy when you don't feel worthy? Or maybe logically you understand that you're loved and that you're worthy of love, but mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, it never fully landed. And it really makes sense too, right? I mean, there's so much talk nowadays about self-love and worthiness, but the crucial question remains, how do we truly embrace it if all we've ever known is the opposite? And how do you feel worthy suddenly if you've all, all you've ever really known is feeling unworthy, right? And for me, the problem was like, you know, I was being bombarded with feel-good affirmations and fake positivity and platitudes that really failed to address my deeper-seated insecurities. I'm assuming the same thing's kind of happening for you. And that's because like we talked about last week, you know, the science of the self-image piece of the puzzle isn't really even being talked about, which, hello, you know by this point how I feel about trying to outsmart your self-image. And that's because our self-image and the wiring in our brains that's causing us to think Think and act and feel and behave the way that we are, that is the problem, but it's also the solution to worthiness. At least that's how I see it. And of course, it's when we renew our minds. So back to these five blocks to God's love. What I discovered was that when it came to actually feeling worthy of being loved, and again, I mean, right now as we are, you know, that didn't just magically happen for me because of that resistance I mentioned, and it was blocking me from truly getting it. But here's the thing, you know, God wasn't blocking me and my circumstances weren't blocking me. I was blocking me. Like my thoughts and perception of myself was what was blocking what was available to me. Plus, as we talked about last week and, and on the episode before that with Ketrick called Jesus Take the Wheel from Self-Reliance to God's Guidance, 
I was still, you know, doing and teaching self-love and self-worth as something that you do strictly through your own strength. In other words, it was this hyper-independent reliance on myself to do all the heavy lifting. And in a world that often encourages that, like it encourages, you know, self-sufficiency, this concept of letting go and allowing God to take the lead can feel a little daunting. Or if you're anything like me, it was totally foreign. So before we get into any more of this relinquishing shame and stepping into worthiness conversation, and before I share the first God block and the first ingredient to worthiness, I want to just reinforce again that it's not about doing it through your own strength, even though, you know, it might be what you learned. I know it's what I learned. It's about shifting from total self-reliance to allowing God's guidance to come in. And that's why I'm really just inviting you to see this topic of shame and this topic of transforming your view of yourself in a whole new light. And so if you think that asking for help is weakness, and and again, that was me most of my life, and if you struggle with this idea of surrendering your burdens over to God or a higher power, and and boy, did I ever, that was a big one for me. Like, I'll, I'll definitely be the first to admit that. But if you constantly feel like you have to prove how strong and how able or how tough or fill in the blank you are, and again, there's absolutely no judgment about any of this. Like, this was me my entire life before I let God in. But if you feel any of those things, before we get into the meat of today's episode, I'm first and foremost just re-inviting you to simply try on a new definition of surrender and really the profound impacts that can happen when you shift from self-reliance to God's guidance and no longer looking at this as something that you have to do on your own, but letting God in to do the heavy lifting. And, you know, that's not just your logic brain here, right? I'm inviting you to use your spiritual brain or really see this through spiritual eyes. And again, this was so hard for me to grasp. So if this is a stretch for you too, I see you, I get you, I totally feel you. And remember, I'm not here to try to convince you or persuade you into anything. I'm really here just to invite you to see that you don't have to do all of this yourself, okay? And once again, like really, this is the perfect place to invite God in and say, God, help meet me here. Like, I don't even know what it looks like to to, uh, invite you in, right? And help me see what you see and help me with my shame and help me with depression or whatever it is you're currently dealing with. Like, this is the perfect time to just invite God in. So let's get into those five God blocks. And like I shared last week, what's so interesting to me, at least, about each of these blocks Which, like I also shared, I've been teaching that, you know, my five-ingredient self-imaging formula to my clients, I've been teaching that for over a decade. But what I realized was that those same five ingredients, when I looked at them another way, they weren't just ingredients. Like, when I looked at them from another way, or, or really it was just looking at them through my spiritual eyes, I realized that they were actually where I was blocking God's love, and really any love for that matter, from coming my way and truly receiving it, right? Because it's one thing, like all of us, I truly believe know how to love, but receiving it, it's a blind spot for so many of us. And that was that resistance that I was telling you about. And that's what was blocking me from feeling the power or really the truth in that. And that's why I now call them God blocks. So On one side of the coin, these five things are like magic ingredients that add up to the recipe of worthiness when we're talking about your self-image. 
But those same things, if you're not aware and if you stay blocked by them, they will literally block you, right? And again, for me, God wasn't blocking me and my circumstances weren't blocking me. I was blocking me. And it was my thoughts and perceptions of myself that were blocking me. And, and really, the love was there. It was available to me, but I wasn't receptive to it. And so when I looked at those same ingredients through spiritual eyes, these things that I was once relying on, like only me, really, I was like, okay, this is your responsibility, Leanne, or or thinking I just had to do it through my all my own might and my own strength. I realized that those were the things that were blocking me from, again, not just the love of God, but the love of anyone in this universe that wanted to give me their love, whether it was, you know, family, friends, relationships, you name it. But the reason these five blocks felt so revelatory for me is because when I simply became aware of them, right, when I simply became aware of the five blocks and I just started acknowledging them and and kind of taking care of them, right, all of a sudden they were no longer blocks. They transformed into these powerful gateways or like kind of like a bridge to connection and to so much worthiness and so much peace. And it really allowed me to invite God in right there and ask him to help me. And then my prayers just became, you know, again, God, meet me here. Help me see what you see and help me unblock what's blocking me from you and remove anything or unlearn any lie that is not coming from you. And that's why I believe it's so important to recognize your own God blocks, as in what's keeping you from receiving the love that's available to you right now. It's not that it's not there. It's just that you're not receiving it because you don't feel worthy of it. And so what is keeping you from feeling like you're worthy of receiving that love and worthy of being taken care of or just valued beyond the size of your genes or your bank balance or relationship status, right? And that's why I'm so excited to just get this worthiness conversation started or or really like like we're doing, continuing it. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to break it down in kind of three different viewpoints. I'm going to share each of the five ingredients that become this recipe for worthiness within your self-image. Like those are the five ingredients I've been sharing for a very long time. But then I'm going to share how those same ingredients, those very same things can actually be a God block if you are blocked by them or don't just feel worthy of receiving them. Okay. And then we're going to, of course, take a look at what God has to say about it. So let's just dive on in. Okay. Starting with the first ingredient and the first God block, which is acceptance or self-acceptance. Starting with the first ingredient and the first God block, which is acceptance or self-acceptance. And I started with this one specifically because I really think it's the hardest one to sink in, or or at least it was for me personally, and it really is for my clients as well. Because when you think of it, most of us are so focused on what we don't like about ourselves, right? And what we don't have or where we think we've messed up or didn't finish something or we haven't achieved something yet, or we are just outright rejecting and self-disrespecting ourselves or, you know, self-abandoning ourselves or that idea of, you know, accepting ourselves, it just might feel foreign. Like our brain doesn't know what it's like. And and again, that's how it was for me. I'm like, wait a minute, accepting myself and not living in shame. Again, it felt like a foreign thing to me. So for purposes of this new conversation about self-love and worthiness, I kind of frame it like this. So first, there's the side of it where you are working on just straight up accepting yourself, but without exception, right? Without, you know, it's not like a, I'll love myself except for that part, right? But so here's the thing, accepting 
accepting yourself without exception, but without all that shame and blame and guilt and comparisonitis and perfectionism and self-rejection. So those are two different things. Like some people are like, oh, I accept myself, but then they have all that shame alongside of it. I'm talking about accepting yourself, but without all of that. And again, this is simple, but definitely not easy. And that is why I call it the paradox of worthiness. And in this case, it's the paradox of acceptance. Like, how do you accept yourself when you don't accept yourself or all you've ever known is rejecting yourself? So that's one side of the acceptance piece of the puzzle. But also notice what I did not say. Notice I didn't say that you have to like yourself all the time, right? Accepting yourself and loving yourself is possible even when you don't like what you just did or even when you don't like how you just reacted or maybe you don't like how you're feeling, right? Or you don't like your current circumstances like your weight or bank balance or relationship status, like all those worldly things that we as humans legitimately care about. And again, you don't have to like yourself or your circumstances all the time, but what is possible is just to accept that this is where you are right now or who you are right now or your circumstances right now, but without all that shame and blame and guilt and self-condemnation and self-rejection and without all the comparisonitis and perfectionism. And I get it, that in itself is a massive pill to swallow, but all I'm doing is giving you the awareness that this is possible, okay? Because I used to think like, oh, this is just who I am or how I'll always be, but that's because I didn't know about transforming my brain and self-image and I was trying to do it through my own strength and without the grace of God and without the like borrowing the eyes of God. And that's why I'm simply inviting you to just ask yourself, like, what would it feel like for you to fully accept yourself without exception and without all of the shame and blame and comparisonitis? And again, not accept myself except for my weight or I accept myself except for my relationship status or job title or I accept myself, but I can't forgive myself for my past. I mean, all of it, like truly and fully accepting yourself right now as you are, warts and all, not when you lose the weight or make more money or reach that metaphorical mountaintop. I mean, right now. And I especially, especially mean those deep, dark corners of your life or your story or your past that you don't want anyone to know about and where your toxic shame lives. Like, what if once again, you don't have to like it or like your past, But where can you move towards more and more acceptance that this is where you are right now? But again, just accepting the reality without all that shame, blame, guilt, you know, the self-rejection, the comparisonitis, all of it. If this feels like too big of a stretch for you right now, or if just accepting yourself and self-acceptance seems impossible right now, then that's what I mean when I say that that same ingredient to creating your self-image in the eyes of love and worthiness, that same ingredient is actually acting as a block, okay? A block to God's acceptance, to unconditional acceptance, I should say, and to God's grace. And by the way, the word nerd in me wants you to know what grace means because it's one of those words that I didn't really use or even know what it meant before I had a faith life. So the etymology, which is just the word origin of the word grace, means God's unmerited favor. God's unmerited favor, love, or help. And I just love that unmerited favor. Because to me, that just says, Leanne, you don't have to earn it. It's free of merit or working for it. It's acceptance and love even when you don't think you deserve it. 
or even when you don't feel it for yourself, and even when you haven't, air quotes, earned it, right? And even in those dark places where you have deep, dark secrets and toxic shame, the grace and unmerited favor of God is there in those times, especially in those times. And so can we just slow down for a second and soak that in, right? Like, can you imagine what your life would be like if you just had that kind of grace and acceptance? That even when you don't think you deserve it, kind of love, that even when you don't feel it for yourself kind of love, right? And this is where I invite you to borrow God's eyes. And it's the perfect time to just try on a new story, like a new story about your ability to be loved and accepted just like that. Because if you don't believe that you're worthy of that, that's a God block and you need a new story. Like you've got to renew your mind. And so for me, I shared in the very first episode of The God Pod that I just tried on the story, which was just started out like kind of as trying on an idea that God sent his son to die for our sins and take away our shame and our guilt and our self-condemnation. And I tried on this idea that there is a way to allow me to kind of, you know, rebirth myself and not have to walk around with all of those stories and all of that shame any longer. And just to step into this idea that I'm whole and complete right now and that I don't have have to work for it or lose weight for it or create more business or financial success for it, that I'm just whole and complete right now and that God loves me right now. And it's this kind of love that I couldn't even fathom with my own eyes at first, but now I can. And that's basically the gist of the story that I started trying on. And so, of course, you can imagine, like, when I started trying on that story, I was like, yes, like, give it to me, give it all to me, because it felt so good. And in that same episode, I mentioned, like, you know, I really just, from there on out, I immersed myself in these concepts for months to come. And what I'm sharing now, you know, was part of that process, too. So again, if you can't see these concepts with your own human eyes, just borrow God's eyes like I did, right? And borrow Jesus's eyes, whatever resonates with you. But what I'm really saying is borrow the eyes of unconditional love and unconditional acceptance and grace and knowing you so deeply and loving all of you, not just the compartmentalized parts of you. And that in itself is a big distinction, like this idea of like, wait, you know all of me, even the stuff that I hate or don't like or have shame and you love all of me. Like that is God's grace. That is unmerited favor. That is the kind of love that isn't earned. It's just there. And it's not just there some of the time. It's there all of the time. But I believe it's our job to unblock what's blocking us from receiving it if we want to receive it. And for me, when I borrowed God's grace, it was like I had access to something that I myself couldn't really connect with, like via my human eyes, right? But when I pictured that I had this heavenly father that had unconditional acceptance and that was more loving and accepting and grace-filled than I had ever experienced, it changed the game for me. I also like to borrow what I view as God's definition of love from 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Um, And this is the NIV version, but and I'm sure you've heard this before, but it's love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongdoings. Let me say that again. It keeps no record of wrongdoings. And love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, 
always perseveres. And that was from Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. And that's the thing. God's love is filled with unconditional love and unconditional acceptance. But if you don't accept yourself, you are outright blocking that love from God. Not like he's not giving it, but you're not able to receive it. So again, the block is coming from you, not from God. I just want to reiterate that, right? But it's not being blocked from God. You're blocking anyone else to truly give you the love that's available to you. But if you don't feel worthy of receiving it, it, it's like it's not even there, right? So again, just to reiterate, God's not blocking you, right? God's love is always there, not just some of the time, all the time. But if you are not feeling worthy of receiving it, that is the block. There's no shame in it. It's not one of those things where I'm trying to shame you because you're blocking it. I'm just trying to keep a, help you create awareness because the truth is most women are walking around outright rejecting themselves or feeling disconnected from themselves and actively focusing on the things that they don't accept about themselves. And so this is a major problem when it comes to your self-image and when it comes to receiving the love that's available to you right now. And that's why self-acceptance is, like I said, it's, it's both an ingredient to a self-loving and worthy self-image, but that same thing, if you don't believe it or feel it, it's outright blocking you from receiving that love. And and again, that's the paradox of of worthiness and the paradox of self-acceptance, right? But here's the big distinction that I really want you to get between those two things. Because again, same thing, one is a beautiful ingredient and one is a block. So, you know, like I talked about, there's a paradox to worthiness. And in this case, the paradox to accepting yourself, like, you know, accepting yourself when you don't accept yourself. It's a it's a catch 22. Right. And so when it comes to the ingredient of self-acceptance as part of the recipe of your self-image, this is where I believe that when it comes to our own self-image, like I believe it's our job to take radical ownership of it. And this is where we put in the work as a human, because if we want something to be different, we need to see and do differently. Right. But on the flip side, when it comes to the side of the coin where the concept of acceptance is a God block and it's blocking you from receiving the love that's available to you, that's where I'm here to plant this seed in your brain. Like, what if the God block side of it wasn't yours to break through? Like, what if that's where you invited God into it? Like, what if it wasn't your job and it wasn't your responsibility, or at least not fully? And remember what we said about self-reliance, right? Like, what if this is where you move into God's guidance instead of self-reliance or God-reliance instead of self-reliance? And that is where you invite God into it. And you ask God to help you and meet you there. And, and by the way, just to make it super simple, because I know for me, the whole prayer side of things felt really overwhelming and complicated. So to make it simple, like what if it really was just as simple as praying something like, hey, God, please show me where I'm shaming myself instead of seeing myself through your eyes. And God, please show me what you see. So, for example, that prayer, if you prayed it over and over again, the reason I love that specific prayer is because the first half where you say, God, please show me where I'm shaming myself instead of seeing myself through your eyes, you're asking for revelation and wisdom and and really just awareness of what you're trying to walk away from or at least what you're in the process of transforming, right? And then the second half where you say, God, please show me what you see, you are asking for a new view and a new belief and in turn, a new identity. And I'm telling you, if you pray this over and over again, he will show you. He will meet you there. He will give you that revelation you are seeking. 
And and how do I know this? Well, this is, again, where it's not just my faith talking, even though that's a big part of it. But it's also what neuroscience says. I mean, what what we focus on expands and we become what we practice or the way I teach my clients, what we give air to. So air just stands for attention, intention and repetition. So attention, intention, repetition is air. And whatever you give air to, it grows and expands and it just becomes you. Like your brain will learn it and it will just become part of the way you think. Obviously, you've got to you know, believe it, but you must renew your mind and you must practice it. And so that's an invitation in its own right. Like what if you gave air to that prayer and you gave attention, intention, repetition to God, please show me where I'm shaming myself instead of seeing myself through your eyes. And then God, please show me what you see. And you're not like, you know, butterflying and roses, the, the truth. Like this is nothing that you're having to convince yourself about. Like you're literally meeting yourself in the fact that you're like, okay, please like show me where I am not seeing myself through your eyes, where there's a block and then show me what you see. That, like that's just my invitation to you. And really that is the big picture side of acceptance that I wanted you to get access to and just start seeing and, and just planting these seeds. And of course that means that unconditional grace filled kind of acceptance that we're talking about. Like you don't have to earn it. It's unmerited. You, it's just favor. Like God is favoring you. And yeah, like there is a part in it that you play when it comes to taking radical ownership of your self-image. Like there's there's a, a personal responsibility part of it, right? And and you're learning through this podcast, like there is a science to the self-image. So my logic and reason, people listening, you can grasp onto that. But the side of acceptance where it is a God block and it's blocking you from receiving that acceptance. And, and yes, it's a catch 22 because it's what you need, but it's also what's blocking you. Right. But the big distinction being that block is not yours to do anything about. OK, that God block is where you ask God to show you his power. And all you have to do is surrender and ask him in prayerful request. Again, God, please show me where I'm shaming myself instead of seeing myself through your eyes and God, please show me what you see. And that really is the nutshell of all this. But there's one more thing I want to mention about this topic before we wrap this episode, because there's another side of self-acceptance that I did mention a bit briefly a bit earlier in this episode. But because it doesn't really get talked about very much, I want to just take a moment to explore another side of self-acceptance, too. And it's this really learning to accept where you are and who you are and what is, okay? In other words, accepting your reality as it stands right now, aka, you know, your circumstances, even when you don't like it or when you don't like your circumstances and accepting the reality that, hey, this is what I weigh right now, even if I don't like it or accepting the reality that, you know, this is my financial circumstance right now, even if you don't like it. Or just accepting the reality that this is what's going on in your relationship right now, even if you don't like it. And, and heck, you might outright hate something that's happening in your life. But it's so important that you are at least accepting that like, OK, this is what's happening right now and just accepting the reality of it. And this is where I want to share one of my favorite non-biblical quotes by Byron Katie. And she says, when you argue with reality, you suffer. When you argue with reality, you suffer. So just let that sink in, okay? How many of you listening are arguing with your current reality and creating suffering? Or maybe you're arguing with your current circumstances. Or maybe you f you're arguing with God. 
And by default, you're staying stuck focusing on the problem and not stepping into a solution because it's not our circumstances that make us feel mad or sad or ashamed or angry or anxious, even though sometimes it feels like it does. It's our thoughts about our circumstances that cause us to feel those feelings. And the cool thing is, is that you get to choose your thoughts. And yeah, you have to learn how to shift your thoughts if you want to think about things differently. But it's something that you can, and and I'll even go as far as say should, learn to do. So whatever your circumstances are right now in your life, in your relationships, or your health, in your body, your finances, whatever, it's not your circumstances causing you sadness or shame or fear or anxiety, right? It's your thoughts about your circumstances causing those feelings, but those thoughts aren't going to change your circumstances right now, this very moment, but thinking better thoughts or surrendering and finding better feeling thoughts can and will change how you feel right now. So the circumstances won't change, but you can change how you feel about them right now. And that's why it's so important to renew your mind. And yeah, I know, like, again, this is where faith comes in. And like I say, it takes faith to have faith that, you know, everything will work out in the end, especially when you're kind of in the midst of crappy circumstances, right? But this is where I'm also here to tell you, you don't always have to like the reality of what's happening, okay? You're allowed to accept where you are right now, but you don't always have to like it. And I think people think like, no, I need to put on a happy face. I need to think positively. But you're skipping over the suck. Like when something feel, when something sucks, like it's really important to not skip over it and let yourself feel the feelings. Like you're allowed to be sad and mad and angry and upset and disappointed, all of it. But again, how you show up in the face of those big feelings is what's going to make the biggest difference. And for me, this is when I found the thing that helps me most is surrendering to God and just being like, hey, God, I don't like this. And in fact, I kind of hate it. Right. But I'm praying and hopeful that you are going to show me how it's going to be used for good or how I'm going to grow from this or something. Right. And again, prayers like that, they don't change your circumstances, but it sure does shift your state. Okay, and let's be honest, what is the alternative to not accepting your reality, right? It's living in a non-reality and pretending like what's happening isn't even happening. But the reality is, is like you can't go back and change what already happened, right? Where you are right now in your life, your body, your journey, your relationships, whatever. So relationships with humans and, and relationships with God, obviously, you can't change what's already happened up until today, right? As it stands right now, the data, the reality of where you are right now, it, it's already taken place, right? But you can choose to believe that everything that has happened has brought you to this moment in the here and now. And I don't mean butterflies and unicorns and fake positivity. I just mean saying, hey, I don't like it, but this is what's happening right now. Because the alternative of wishing it away and shaming it, blaming it, or comparing it is not only a losing game, but it will cause you to live life in your past. So here's what I say about it. You you don't always have to like everything about yourself, your body, your circumstances, and you're allowed to want to go change those things and upgrade yourself or up-level elements of your life, right? But I invite you to learn to accept where you are and who you are and what is actually happening right now while you go. 
Because what is the alternative? You're going to end up rejecting yourself and disconnecting from yourself and living your life looking backwards, living life in the past. And that is the opposite of acceptance. And you do have another option, though. Like you can learn self-acceptance and look at learning it and unblocking it like it's a skill. Kind of like, you know, riding a bike or playing the tuba is a skill, right? Because until you do that thing, and in this case, we're talking about self-acceptance, that thing will outright block you from receiving the love that's already available to you right now. And I promise it's here right now and you don't have to earn it or lose weight for it or make money for it, whatever. It's just there right now. But if you don't feel worthy of receiving it because it's blocked, it's as if it's not even there. Because again, like you've heard me say before, what you see is who you be. And so if you look for rejection and disconnection and disappointment, you're going to find it and you're going to be it. But if you look for acceptance and that unconditional love and grace and care and that, you know, unconditional kind of love, even when you don't think you deserve it kind of love, you'll find it and you'll be it. So now let's just take a look to God's word a bit more to shift this self-acceptance block, okay? So Ephesians 2.8, and this is the NIV version as well. It says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. And to me, this is a reminder that, again, the love of God is here for me right now, and I don't have to earn it or work for it. All I have to do is receive it. And again, accepting yourself and receiving that love from God is a paradox in a way. And that's why I'm simply planting this seed in your awareness. But I also love that this specific scripture says it's by grace you have been saved. And remember what the word grace means. It means God's unmerited favor or love. So favor that in a way doesn't make sense, right? But that's why it's such a powerful lens to borrow, to really borrow the love and acceptance and grace of God. But also notice it also says it's a gift. Okay, it's a gift. Give yourself the gift of receiving that gift. God wants you and all of his children to have that gift. I also love this one from Romans 5.8, and it's also the NIV version. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, notice how it said, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. So it's like, how can we know that God loves us? Because he demonstrates it. He laid down his life for us. And Jesus didn't go to the cross for us because we were good, but because instead he loves us. That's why he did that, right? And to me, this shows me how much God loves me and how much he loves you. And he gave us what we desperately needed, but not necessarily what we think we deserved. And that's because grace is that unmerited favor, even when you don't think you deserve it. But the verse also says, while we were still sinners. And notice God didn't say, like, I'll die for you once you earn it. Like, again, we weren't worthy of God's sacrifice for all of us because all of us sin and all of us experience hopelessness and feeling lost. I mean, I know I sure do. But Jesus died for us. And God loves us so much that he took on our punishment. And in a way, this is the heart of the gospel. Like, we are just loved by God. And, and I, honestly, we're in a way, we're hopeless on our own. And because of God, we can find hope and a new life, right? And that's why if you are still punishing yourself or rejecting yourself or outright not accepting yourself or accepting yourself, but not really because you're coincidentally wrapped up in toxic shame, then this is where I invite you to invite God in. 
And that's all I'm inviting you to do right here, right now. Like, I'm just inviting you to really empty your cup and forget about what you think you know, what you think you don't know, what you think you might not even be interested in knowing, and just open your mind, your heart, and your spirit to possibility. And just try on a story or a framework that meets you exactly where you are on your own journey. Because there's no judgment. There's no shame. And of course, I'm not here to try to, you know, convince or persuade or coerce you into anything. And and I don't want you to worry about whether you're, you know, doing it right. But I'm just inviting you try on a story. And and what if you just tried on this story, right? That self-acceptance is both an ingredient to a loving and worthy self-image, but that same thing, self-acceptance or acceptance, if you don't believe it or feel it, it's outright blocking you from receiving that love. And the big distinction being, and and this is the paradox of acceptance, when it comes to the ingredient of self-acceptance as part of the recipe of your self-image, this is where I say, go take radical ownership of it. Like, go put in the work because if you want something different, like, you got to do different. But when it comes to where acceptance is a God block and it's blocking you from receiving the love that's available to you, that's where I'm here to say, what if the God block wasn't yours to break through? What if it's where you invited God into it? Like, what if it wasn't your job or your responsibility, or at least not fully? And this is where you move from self-reliance into God-reliance. And that is where you ask God to help you and meet you there. And what if it was as simple as just praying, God, please show me where I'm shaming myself instead of seeing myself through your eyes. And God, please show me what you see. And just pray that over and over again. And you're asking for revelation and wisdom and awareness of what you're walking away from while simultaneously you're asking for a new view and a new belief and a new a new identity. Like, God, please show me where I'm shaming myself instead of seeing myself through your eyes. And God, please show me what you see. And just give that air, attention, intention, repetition, and just ask God to show you his power and help you break through that God block. And, and all you have have to do is surrender and ask him in prayerful request again god please show me where i'm shaming myself instead of seeing myself through your eyes god please show me what you see that's it like that is my invitation to you to just really try on this new story or new perspective and there is so much more i could say about all of this but we'll just we'll just stop right there for right now so that is it for this first ingredient and the first god block but we're going to be back next week to talk about the next ingredient and next God block, which is all about creating health and self-care with God's support. So once again, not just figuring it out on your own, but how to make sure you're taking radical ownership of what you can and cannot influence, but asking God to step in and do the heavy lifting in your head, heart, and spirit. So I will talk to you then. We'll be back with more What's God Got to Do With It. But in the meantime, I would definitely love to hear from you. So just tell me where you are in your story or maybe what questions you have. Like, where do you feel you need clarity or support or wisdom in your own journey? I definitely want to hear from you. So head on over to whatsgodgottodowithit.com and scroll down to the form to share your thoughts, your questions, your feedback, and you can do that instantly. So 
whatsgodgottodowithit.com, you'll find all the ways to do that. And if you like this podcast and want to hear more, go ahead and follow, like, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts to get your weekly dose of What's God Got to Do With It. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. And while you're there, be sure to rate and review to show your support. It really means so much. What's God Got to Do With It is an iHeartRadio podcast on the Amy Brown Podcast Network. It's written and hosted by me, Leanne Ellington. Executive produced by Elizabeth Fazio. Post-production and editing by Houston Tilly. And original music written by Cheryl Stark and produced by Adam Stark. 